Last spring, you chose hardworking seed, but did it work as hard as you did? At NK Seeds, we know that all the time, all the effort comes down to this. All that matters now is yield and how the seed perform on your acre. Because you can't fake performance. And bushels don't lie. Local results coming soon. Visit nkseeds.com slash harvest. As an Alliant Energy representative, I really enjoy helping businesses save. Today, I visited a business that asked for a free energy audit. After walking through their facility, I let the customers know how much money and energy they could be saving. Plus, I gave them an action plan detailing how to improve their energy efficiency. I showed them how they could save even more with rebates from Alliant Energy on equipment upgrades. If you are interested in saving energy and money, schedule a free energy audit at AlliantEnergy.com slash energy audit. You are listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Mile High Huddles, Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Freeman is back there, blocked by Leary, caught for the touchdown! A two-yard laser! Fumangali! From the University of Wisconsin. Third and goal of the one. Lindsey is in. Janovich the fullback. Janovich hit. Nice big hit there by Kendrick. He continues to dig. He's not. They call a touchdown. They call a touchdown on a one yard jump inside. Trying to set up the screen to his tight end. Noah Fang. He's got some room to run. He cuts it back at the 10. Fang takes it in. Touchdown, Denver. The first NFL touchdown for the rookie tight end out of Iowa. End zone caught. Touchdown. Cortland Sutton. His fifth career touchdown, but his first here in Denver. And now, here are Broncos Country's football priests to help you exorcise the demons of another doomed season. I am exorcise the demons. And we're live. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, it was Larry yesterday who asked us, hey, is aren't Mike and, and Kyle Shanahan the first father-son duo to lead a team to the Super Bowl as head coaches. And we were like, sounds right, but off the top of our heads, we're not sure. Literally no sooner did did we get off the pod that we're realizing through the breaking news and all the infographics and memes, you know, (laughs) hitting Twitter and all social media. Yes, in fact, by virtue of that victory, Kyle Shanahan gave the Broncos a little bit of history, put them in the history books with Mike there, because of course Broncos won two Super Bowls with Mike Shanahan and now his son, Kyle, taking the San Francisco 49ers to the Super Bowl to take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, it's a great story, Chad, but it's more salt in the wound for our, the Broncos, I believe. They wanted Mike Shanahan back. That didn't work out. They passed on hiring Kyle Shanahan. That didn't work out. They hired Vance Joseph. So it's, it was just to show that the Shanahans uh, have a pretty good coaching lineage. And if there's another one that pops out, the Broncos should uh, write a blank check. Man, you just it's still so hard like <clears throat> for uh, Broncos fans the implications, you know, that, oh, man, that, that could have been us going to the Super Bowl this year. Well, first of all, you still would have had to have gotten through the Chiefs to to have yeah. a chance. A. B, Kyle Shanahan wanted full control of the roster. 
uh, as a basically GM slash head coach, like his father was at his peak per, you know, at his peak with the Broncos and in Washington and John Elway and the Broncos, you know, they had their reasons for passing on him and going with Vance Joseph. Elway, we've talked about his preconceived notions, all that in the past, but really it boiled down to with Kyle, they didn't feel like he was ready to be making, not just focusing on coaching the team and scheme and managing all that stuff, but also personnel. They didn't think he was ready. And there's probably something to be said also, Zach, for John Elway not wanting to give up that control himself. Yeah, that's probably what it came down to, Chad. Like we talked about it on yesterday's pod. At that time, when the Broncos were looking for Gary Kubiak's replacement, Elway had all the power and he wasn't afraid of flexing it. And he he wanted to show that he was the guy in charge and he wanted a coach who he could control the team through. And that's why ultimately he hired Vance Joseph. That wouldn't have flown with Kyle Shanahan. There's many theories as to why it didn't work out, why Shanahan, he actually said later that summer, later that year, he never even felt like during the interview he's going to get the job. So obviously they didn't communicated to him that he was a real legit candidate. They had their eye on Vance Joseph all along and they made just the wrong call. That's all what it boiled down to. Just the wrong call. You know, hindsight, there's a reason why they say hindsight's 2020. At the time, again, John Elway is one year removed from leading the Denver Broncos to a world championship and a second Super Bowl berth in three years. And so, and also that the year in which the Broncos were having to rehire a new head coach, they were coming off a nine and seven finish with basically a rookie quarterback. Simeon wasn't a rookie, but he was a first-year starter. He had, I think, one kneel down, one snap as a rookie in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. So they, he was still filling his oats, and he was still riding high. He had yet to you know, crash back down to earth and have to rethink his whole approach post-Peyton Manning. That was to come, and Vance Joseph kind of helped him do that. You're always going to wonder what could have been with Kyle Shanahan, but the football fates – They willed it otherwise, and I think for Broncos fans, this is me being armchair psychologist here. Get off the, you know, don't don't waste your mental energies on, let's call it football envy and Kyle Shanahan. Be excited about the fact that if internally and and externally, the Broncos found the right head coach, and they finally found a franchise caliber quarterback. And by virtue of those two things, this team is headed in the right direction, Zach. It's true. It's definitely a glass half full approach. Uh, the Broncos missed out on Kyle. They had to go through two years of Vance Joseph, but those two years were worth it because it led them to Vic Fangio, who looks like the coach of the future. Like you mentioned, the quarterback of the future. The arrow is pointing upward in Denver right now. Maybe not as high as in San Francisco, but the Broncos are on the right track. So it is appealing in its own right. Guys, we're going to go through a article that was published on Monday by Bob Morris at milehighhuddle.com kind of breaking down how the Broncos are going to prioritize their picks at, at 15 in the first round. We're going to get to that. Very good read. If you haven't, once you get off this pod, make sure you go check that out in depth. We're going to quote from it a little bit here in our conversation, and then we'll get to your guys' questions. But first, just a couple of quick matters of business. As always, guys, make sure you're following the show on Twitter, at HuddleUpPod. Simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And then don't forget it to head on over to Apple Podcasts when you get a second. Leave a creative review on the show if you like what Zach and I are doing. Give us a five-star rating. It's a great organic way to support the show, and it also enters you into our monthly giveaway for some swag. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. 
Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Simply Safe Home Security is like getting commercial-grade, enterprise-level security, but for your own home. Think about the security Fortune 500 companies use. They need to know police are going to be on the scene immediately. This is exactly the kind of security you get with Simply Safe. If there's a break-in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime, and that means police dispatch up to 350% faster than for a normal burglar alarm. With Simply Safe, you get comprehensive protection for your home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard the inside of your home. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's all monitored 24-7 by live security professionals. You can set up your system yourself with no tools needed, or Simply Safe's experts can do it for you. And it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Go to simplysafe.com overtime today to get free shipping on your order, plus a 60-day money-back guarantee. That's simplysafe.com slash overtime to save on home security today. S-I-M-P-L-I, safe.com slash overtime. All right, Zach, let me, uh, here's the title of this article that I want to go through. Just a couple of the points Bob makes here. And by the way, Bob is kind of, I, I saw a couple of questions here in the comment stream, like who's who's Bob Morris? People there, there. Some people are just used to seeing or hearing from you and I. Maybe Eric Trickle, Bob Morris is a. He's kind of our resident capologist at MileHighHuddle.com. He is very knowledgeable and uh, experienced when it comes to, you know, the NFL CBA, salary caps, the way they work, um, contracts, guaranteed money, signing bonuses, like all that stuff. He's the guy that I lean on. Zach leans on. He's our resident cap guy. And sometimes, of course, he he dabbles in the draft and stuff like that. But that's his primary thing for us, especially, man. He's really, really savvy at that. But this particular article <clears throat> that Bob wrote, and he's been with me at Mile High Huddle with us now a couple of years. But it's titled, The Positions the Broncos are Likely to Prioritize at Pick 15 in the Draft. And basically, here's, here's what it comes down to. We talk about, Zach, the fact that, you know, the, the BPA approach versus need. There's this misconception that best player available is an absolute, that you only draft the best player available on your board. But what people miss is that that BPA for most teams, there are some exceptions, but almost I'd say probably a 75 percentile of NFL teams when it comes down to their big board in the draft, 
they take the best player available at a position of need. So off the top of your head at pick 15, here's a couple for that, that Bob's got here, positions that aren't a need. that So they're, they're not going to use a first-round pick. Running back, would you concur that taking a running back at pick 15 is probably not in the cards? I would agree with that. You got running back. Let me see what else you got here. Quarterback, of course. You're not going to – No. and it's probably going to be at least a conversation until the draft comes and goes just for the sake of, you know – off-season tropes, storylines to keep the conversation going. But there are no signs, Zach, that the Broncos are going to even consider taking a quarterback in round one or two. If they do take a quarterback this year, it's going to be a late-round quarterback to kind of bolster depth behind Locke. I mean, this is one of the perks, Chad, of finally finding your franchise guy. You don't have to keep swinging and missing on first or second round quarterbacks. They they traded up for Locke last year. They found their guy. He went four and one. He is the QB of the future. So quarterback and running back, those are two safe positions, I think, to rule out in round one. Also, edge rusher. And right. you know, it's not this one's I think you could you could argue is a little bit more of a maybe because Von Miller's getting a little bit long in the tooth. But you've got Bradley Chubb and Von Miller. You got two of the best edge rushers in the league on one team, unless you literally have like a top five blue chip player in the class, like a Chase Young dropping to 15, you're not using that pick on an edge rusher, Zach. I mean, the only way I can see it, Chad, is if they lose Derek Wolf, they lose Shelby Harris looking for like a tweener edge rusher defensive end slash outside linebacker. But even then, you have Chubb coming back. You have Malik Reed who came on last year. And of course, you have Von Miller, who I think will have a bounce back in 2020. So edge rusher, like you said, more of a maybe, but still very unlikely. The last one here is basically wide receiver, not the speed one. Like if it's if it's a speed guy or a you know, a, a open a guy that's good with the ball in the open field that brings a combination of speed and elusiveness. You know, a guy that you can involve in the screen game who's a threat to take it to the house every time, like a LaVisca Chenault, a Henry Ruggs. I'm not talking about that type of receiver, but like another big bodied Cortland Sutton, another six foot four, you know, 215 pound possession receiver, go up and get the ball receiver. That's not a guy that you're really looking at spending a, a number 15 overall first round pick on because you already have one of the, let's say, top 10 at that position already on your roster. You need something, maybe a receiver, yeah, but you need one that will complement that skill set. Right. I mean, you have enough possession, guys. With respect to Cortland Sutton, you also have Deshaun Hamilton. You have Tim Patrick. You have Jawan Winfrey. The Broncos are loaded with those types of receivers. The one receiver they don't have and they should target is a speedster like you mentioned, Chad. So possession guy, definitely a hard pass in the first couple of rounds or if at all in the draft. Guys, there's a bunch of questions coming in. We're going to get to them, I promise. Uh, we're, we see the super chats as well, guys. We'll get to you just one second. For me, it's still, even the the speed, I mean, I'm not going to shed a tear if the pick ended up being a LaVisca Chenault or it ends up being a Henry Ruggs, but I still, the closer we're getting to this draft, the, the less interested I am in the Broncos taking a wide receiver at pick 15, simply because it's a very deep class. I mean, if you talk to the, our senior draft analyst, Eric Trickle, it's one of, if not the best wide receiver classes of all time. And you think back to 2014, that was a great wide receiver class. He's saying this one rivals that, not just in terms of the talent at the top and it being a top-heavy class, but Zach, if you can find a Cortland Sutton caliber impact player, I'm not saying a carbon copy possession receiver, but that kind of a talent in the second or third round to complement Cortland Sutton, that's, I mean, that's that would be a huge win, allowing you to then in the first round you know, you're taking a Javon Kinlaw, you know, a, a offensive tackle, interior O-line, whatever else it might be, a cornerback. 
yeah, I'm not going to cry, Chad, if the pick is if Okuda falls to the Broncos or Simmons falls to the Broncos. I'm not going to cry about that. But a wide receiver is so high up on the Broncos board, I believe. And the addition of Pat Shermer, who loved hoarding wide receivers with the Giants. He had three or four on the field at the same time. I think that leads me to believe that if not the first round, definitely by the second round, if they don't have a wide receiver two in tow, they're going to target that guy. All right, guys, let me grab a couple questions here. Buona B starts off, and then we'll grab these Super Chats. Could you grade our draft selections? A grade for their play in their rookie year and a grade for potential moving forward. Incomplete grades are acceptable. Let me put a pin in that one, Buona Beast. I'll, uh, once I, once Zach starts talking here, I'm going to grab one more question while he's talking. I'll grab it, uh, the list of last year's class just so I'm not going off the top of my head. I probably could. Well, let's just do it. I can do it off the top of my head. First round pick, Zach, Noah Fant, you're great for Buona Beast. Oh man, I got to give the guy, I would say a B minus. He was a, I would say a C minus to start the season off. He was coming off a little slow. He really developed though as the season wore on blocking and pass catching. So he wasn't perfect. He has lots to improve on, but I saw the flashes of that Gronkowski type tight end. So I'm going with B minus for Noah Fan. Speaking of Gronkowski tied to Gronkowski tight ends, did you watch the Aaron Hernandez special? Oh there? yeah. I don't want to derail our conversation. It's gripping. Dude, that had me it was a complete binge from the very beginning and there's been some mixed reviews in terms of you know some people trying to pick nits that it's not the greatest documentary that it didn't know kind of what it wanted to be but ultimately the story of Aaron Hernandez is sad freaking sad but it's also very compelling you're like what in the heck happened to this dude anyway no fat for me it's a b it's a b he uh it's a solid B. He had some issues. You know, they asked him too much to be a one-on-one blocker as a rookie. And some of that had to do with Jeff Hireman not being reliable in the health department. But with the exception of that, was it the first Chiefs game? I think it was that he had that bad case of the drops. Outside of that, dude, especially down the stretch, he was a big reason why this team kind of turned the corner, even though they'd already, you know, basically dug themselves a hole and out of the playoff conversation. He was a big reason they were able to do that. Second round, you got two picks. Dalton Reisner at 41, Drew Locke at 42, your grades. Uh, Dalton Reisner, to me, gets an A, Chad. He was almost perfect throughout the entire season. He was a plug-and-play starter and, I believe, a perennial pro bowler as soon as next year. So A for Dalton Reisner. And Drew Locke, I'm debating either A- minus or B+. Plus. He was right. I mean, the, obviously, the record shows it's probably an A grade. He went 4-1. and one. He upset the Texans. He upset the Chargers. You know, he ended the season on a positive note. He's the franchise guy. Made some mistakes, so he's not perfect, so... I'm going to go a little pessimistic and say B+, plus, but he can easily be an A- minus in my book. Dude, I'm going A on both of them because my own, the only – and I'm not trying to be orange-colored glasses, guys. I mean, honestly, I think Dalton Reisner, he fought through an ankle injury that kind of sapped him a little bit toward the end of the season. He wasn't quite the same player as he was early on. You could maybe even argue that might have something to do a little bit with the rookie wall, et cetera. But overall – I mean, as a rookie second-round pick to step in and be the best offensive lineman, I mean, on the starting five, that's that's an achievement, and it speaks to the quality of that draft pick for the team. I give that one an A. As for Drew Locke, I mean, I don't know what that kid could have done any different himself besides not get hurt to make <laughs> a better impact as a rookie. And my only we, – we've talked about this before, but my biggest – what if is why what would have happened? What could have been if the Broncos, when he when he suffers that thumb injury in the third preseason game, instead of putting him on IR because you value having a that 53rd spot on the roster that you never use and you don't even dress, instead of putting him on IR, what would have happened if you'd have just kept him on the active roster? Because you know, right. the Broncos get out to an 0-4 start. They probably still stick with 
Joe Flacco, but about the week five time period is when Drew Locke actually is good to go. They, he gets cleared. By week seven, when he's actually eligible to begin practicing as an IR guy, he's saying publicly to the media, yeah, I've been good to go for a couple of weeks. So you're thinking week five. Broncos probably still stick with Joe Flacco through week five. Week six, they've got two wins, so they're sticking with him. But that Chiefs loss, dude, coming out of that Chiefs loss, I think the Broncos would have pulled the trigger on the Drew Lock era, and it might have been able to save the season. Maybe not. Maybe it still unfolds basically the same way from a win-loss perspective. But, Zach, one, two more two more wins even on on last year's record. You could be talking about a team playing in the wild card round. It's true, and, and the, the- – most messed up part to me, Chad, is not only did the Broncos put Locke on IR, they did it to keep Bryce Callahan on the 53, and we all know how that disaster turned out. So I say Elway gets an F for those two moves, but I think I, you convinced me. I'm going to give Drew Locke an A-. minus. He really was pretty good last year. I think his play speaks for himself. Considering the lack of coordination on offense, they fired his coach, and the lack of weapons and, and lack of offensive line continuity. So A- minus for me for Drew Locke. Draymond Jones in the third round. Ah. Uh, I want to say Ingram was a was a conference player of the week. It was a week sixteen against the Lions. He got that nod, so that's that's impressive. I'm going to go see. I think he was pretty average guy. He didn't blow me away, but he didn't have any fatal flaws in his first year. He's mostly incomplete, Chad, because he was barely on the field. He was a, a, a substitute player for the most part, a limited player. So he wasn't bad, but he wasn't necessarily great. So I'm going to go see for uh, Draymond Jones. You know, it traditionally takes defensive linemen a couple of years to kind of settle in, acclimate, and turn the corner. I think, if anything, Draymond Jones showed that he's a guy that's going to be able to kind of shorten that learning curve a little bit. The impact he made down the stretch when the Broncos had lost Derek Wolf, they'd lost Adam Gotsis, they didn't really have much choice but to play him. He stepped up. I'll, I'll give him a, a B minus for a rookie. Now, fifth round, you jump to Justin Hollins, who, in my opinion, Zach was even though the Broncos played him, tried to play him at off ball, they tried to play him at edge. He never really was able to kind of orient himself. They feel like he was capable as far as having the football acumen to do both and juggle both, but. I think it was a disservice to him. Yes. Ultimately, I got to give him like a C minus, dude. I, I wasn't very impressed with him as a rookie. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I put it more on the Broncos coaching staff. It was almost like playing uh, Demarcus Walker at a linebacker in his first year. I don't know why the, the Broncos insist on cramming these players multiple positions and responsibilities. I mean, he's obviously an edge rusher. He didn't cut it inside the linebacker. I'm going to go C-minus, though. I saw some flashes in his game. He had some explosion off the edge. I think another year in the system, he'll be a contributor in the Malik Reed, Shaq Barrett type role. And then lastly, unless I missed my mark, I'm pretty sure the last guy in the class is Jawan Winfrey. The Broncos traded up to grab him. Incomplete. It's got to be. Incomplete. He didn't, he didn't play, dude. I mean, yeah. I liked what I saw from him in the preseason, but he just couldn't crack the, the lineup. And that's even considering that it got kind of ugly at wide receiver for the Broncos post-Emmanuel Sanders trade. And before Tim Patrick came back, he still couldn't beat out Fred Brown. He still couldn't get on the field over Deontay Spencer, who, by the way, unless I'm completely misreading this thing, which I don't think I am, one of the silver linings to the to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs making it to the Super Bowl is Deontay Spencer is the first alternate as kick returner for the AFC. Mm. He should be replacing Nicole Hardman. That should be announced here very soon, I would assume. Yeah, and he deserves it. The Broncos, relatively speaking, he was the best Broncos punt returner, Chad, in many years considering the, you know, Isaiah McKenzie disaster. They had Trinan Holiday, yeah, the best one since him. So, yeah, he deserves it. I'm happy for him if he if he goes to the and o- Dude, overall, I would give one year removed from the draft class. I would give John Elway and that scouting department, I'd give him a solid B plus 
Yeah. Maybe even better. And history might judge this class even even way better than that. Because if you indeed got a franchise cornerstone offensive lineman, franchise tight end, and a franchise quarterback in your first three picks, right. I mean, that's hitting it out of the park, Zach. I think anything past those first three picks, Chad, was gravy. I'm going to give the, the L way for that class an A minus. I mean, like you get your franchise quarterback, that's an A in itself. Then you have Dalton Rise in our day one starter, Noah Fan, a potential, like you said, tight end of the future. I think A minus for Elway. Two really great draft classes back to back, and it's setting the foundation for the Broncos going forward. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buona Beast question taken over the show. We just spent like 10 minutes on your question because we love you, bro. Michael says, Mile High Huddle, who is Bob? He knows nothing. I only read pages that has your face on it. Or Zach, if he does one, we need to beef up the O-line. Uh, you got you to gotta temper that. We appreciate the enthusiasm. We appreciate the love. We, we love you back, Michael. But anyone that writes for milehighhuddle.com, you got you to gotta treat them like Chad and Zach. They're they're all high quality analysts covering your Denver yep. Broncos. Uh, let me grab here. Super chat from Steven, one of our superstars. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you, Steven. $5 donation. He says, if the chiefs cut Sammy Watkins, should the Broncos sign him? I think Denver will be a team that is now favorable for players with Drew and Fangio favorable as a destination. He's trying to say where well, guys want to come here. Now your answer for Steven. I agree with the second point. I don't agree with uh, going after Sammy Watkins. He's going to cost too much money and he's way too injury prone for my liking chat. I think the Broncos would, would do themselves a better service by drafting a receiver. He's cheaper. He's younger, better upside. And he just fit in the offense. So I like Sammy Watkins, but way too many injuries for me to splurge on in a perfect world. I agree with you as far as the, it comes down to money. What's he going to want? If he's trying to break the bank, I don't need that if I'm the Denver Broncos. If he's reasonable about what he's asking for, I think he would bring the type of what he can do with his speed and what he can do with the ball in his hands type of dynamic that could offer you that compliment for Cortland Sutton and maybe allow you to prioritize your draft a little bit differently. But I, I don't love the idea. It would all come down to money. And Mr. Boggins jumps in, by the way, $5 donation. Thank you. We'll, uh, we appreciate that. We'll look for any of your comments or questions in the stream here. This was an interesting little storyline that popped up last night, Zach. You you quote tweeted it. 
the empower yeah. uh, retirement congratulated the Kansas City Chiefs. This, this We're talking about the stadium sponsor at Mile High, right? They congratulated the Kansas City Chiefs via tweet and then hashtagged them proud partner. Really throwing off, very distasteful for a lot of Broncos fans. I don't think it's anything to really get your panties in a wad over. However, <laughs> I can understand at the same time why that rubbed a lot of fans the wrong way. A sports authority would never do this, Chad. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. They would never happen with them, you know, sponsoring the Broncos Stadium. Yeah, it's no, it's no huge deal. It's a little jarring to a Broncos fan to see them celebrating. But they, if they're a partner with them, I mean, they're a company. They have their obligation to talk up their sponsorship. So not too surprising. Purple Pony 95 watching on Twitter on Periscope wants to know, is there a player the Broncos should consider moving up to pick in the first round? Zach, if you could get within striking distance – of Isaiah Simmons, yep, or Jeffrey Okuda, yep. I'm li- I'm I'm seeing what I can do, but I'm not giving up the farm. I'm I can't bet right. the bank on that. It would have to make sense, but those are two guys that defensive guys, especially that I covet. I mean, if, if the Broncos fall in love with a Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs type receiver and they don't think they're going to get last to 15, I can see the Broncos moving up. But yeah, defensive players, Okuda, Simmons, they have the capital this year, Chad. That's why I'm saying they might not stay at 15. They're not going to go down, I believe, but they might come up. Not likely, but definitely possible. Angela jumps in with a $21 donation up in Canada. Broncos country is not a geographical location. It is a state (laughs) of being, and Angela proves that. Hey, it would have been different. Happy for Lynch, John Lynch, and Kyle Shanahan. Couldn't be happy, uh, happier where we ended up. Accident likely, Fangio, Elway, and Locke. Let's start the new momentum. Surround him. Yeah, I mean, that's the mindset. To I think that's the appropriate, especially if you want to maintain your sanity, dude. That's the appropriate mindset. And I don't think you're bending reality to have that mindset. Like, the Broncos are heading in the right direction. And four right. and one. You know, it's not like they dominated every opponent like they did the Houston Texans down the stretch, but finding ways to win, even when it means winning ugly, like against Detroit, getting down 10 and then coming back and controlling that game in the second half, fighting, scrapping against the Raiders. You like that this team found different ways to win once they inserted the right guy at quarterback. Listen, respect the 49ers, root for the 49ers, but also be happy in thine own self. Be happy with the Broncos and what they're doing under Vic Fangio. They're trending in the right direction. They found their coach of the future. They have their quarterback of the future. They ended last year on an upswing. This is not the Vance Joseph Dark Ages era. This is a new time in Broncos country. It should be, there's, it can be independent things. It doesn't have to be tied to Kyle Shanahan. Be happy with the way the Broncos are trending as well. Our good friend Paul jumps in. Been a while since we've seen you, Paul. It's yes, good to have you, you bro, with a $20 donation on Super Chat. Appreciate you so much. He says, I want speed at wide receiver still, but with the switch at offensive coordinator, I think more of the same we have for, we have gotten for years. With Wait, let me get that right. The syntax here. With the switch at offensive coordinator, I think more of the same we've gotten for years. Zach, can you interpret? Uh, they might not get a speedy wide receiver. They might just go with possession guys. That's the only thing I can think of from that statement. Right. Clarify, so, Paul. Tell us what yeah, you mean by that. I'll, I'll find you again in the stream, Paul. To try and clarify on that. We thank you so much, dude, for the for the yes. support and the donation. Thank you. Our friend uh, Trick Lessons Podcast says, I think we desperately need a left tackle or an for offensive sure. guard. We're with you on that. It's just a matter of who's going to be there at pick 15. You don't want to reach. Xavier jumps in. $5 donation. Thank you. Appreciate you, Xavier. What positions would you guys want the Broncos to focus on during free agency? My hope is that we fortify the D-line and sign a solid DB. 
I think those are your two most pressing issues right there. Xavier, you, you hit the nail on the head for me. The number one hole on this roster is cornerback, especially with Chris yeah. Harris jr's future being up in the air. You need to really dedicate team resources. And I'm talking cap dollars, you know, in a perfect world, you want to fill your biggest needs with cap dollars, not so you're not so dependent on need in the draft. You can be a lot more disciplined to your BPA at those positions that you want to bolster long-term. So I'm thinking cornerback, I'm thinking, yeah, they have to do something about the defensive line, whether that that's going to include making decisions on Derek Wolf, Shelby Harris. <clears throat> I think Adam Gotts is, is, is as good as gone. And you're going to see a restricted free agent tender get leveled for Mike Purcell's act. I think the Broncos are going to lose two out of their big three defensive line free agents this offseason, Chad. So defensive line for sure is a priority. Chris Jones, Akeem Hicks, there's many linemen out there that can come on a flyer, short-term, low-money deal to help out the defense. Like you mentioned, cornerback, also maybe inside linebacker for some depth. They could go after a tight end, but I think they're going to save a majority of their offensive selections for the draft. Uh, wide receiver, tackle, guard, they're going to use the holes in free agency and the money they have uh, to plug it up with uh, defensive players predominantly. Philip says, I saw a mock draft with us taking a corner, which is a nice fit right now. But what does anybody think about the move if we already get a top cornerback uh, in free agency? I'm torn. I feel like it comes down to Callahan. Look, let's say the Broncos, Zach, re-sign Chris Harris Jr. They bring him back on a two- or three-year deal, and all is right with the world between Chris and, and the Broncos. That, to me, would not remove cornerback and the long-term viability no. of the position off the board. If the right corner is there, if uh, – you know, Christian Fulton or uh, Jeff Gladney, Okadu's not going to be there. But if either of those guys are there, you still have to strongly consider grabbing one of them. I mean, even if Chris Harris Jr. comes back, who is behind him, Chad? They can develop for the future. What's one competent young Broncos cornerback? Devontae Bosby, that's it. I'm not counting on Isaac Yadam. I'm not counting on Duke Dawson. They still need a cornerback. So absolutely, it's going to be a need regardless of Chris Harris Jr. status. Steven jumps in, $2 donation. Thank Appreciate you. you, bro. Should the Broncos pick up Hicks? I assume you're talking about Akeem Hicks. Unless he's he's been released, I don't think he has. I know Eric's talked about this. He's a guy that – Akeem Hicks – that could be end up could end up being a street free agent. They could cut him, release him unexpectedly. Well, maybe not so unexpectedly, but he could be one of these cap casualties. Not the greatest fit in Chuck Pagano's defense, but a marvelous fit with Vic Fangio. Zach, if the Broncos cut Akeem Hicks, Vic Fangio will be all over that like white on rice. As well he should, especially if he loses some depth in the middle. Uh, you know, my my first guy that I want in free agency is obviously Chris Jones, like every other Broncos fan, but that's not really realistic. So Akeem Hicks would be a great veteran flyer, be a good bridge guy for the young guys. He would provide great depth in the system. Fangio knows him, so I would not cry about that if the Broncos picked him up. Aaron jumps in a $20 donation on Super Chat and a phenomenal profile pick with a catch. <laughs> nice looking fish you got there, my brother. He says, <clears throat> I saw Tom Brady at the McGregor fight in Vegas. Made me happy that he didn't have better things to do this time of year. Yep. Also, given the last few draft classes, I'm back in the in Elway we trust mindset. Excited for pick 15. Yeah, I think Elway, you know, he had to um, – you know, he kind of got used to doing things a certain way. We've talked about this quite a bit on the show, but new listeners come in each and every episode. He got used to doing things a certain way and, and kind of prioritizing potential and, and raw athleticism over proven, dedicated, football-minded, mature athletes. He could get away with taking risks on those kind of high upside, low, uh, big risk type of players, but with big upside because you had Peyton Manning, Zach, that would cover holes if you were wrong. And post-Super Bowl 50, 
it took him a couple of drafts to realize he had to really rethink his entire scouting process, how they prioritize players, what type of football players were going to fit the quote-unquote Bronco way. And you saw him finally hit his stride. 2018 knocked it out of the park, that draft class and the college free agent in Philip Lindsay, also 2019. So I'm I'm with you on that, Aaron. And I think that he, he made the right decision based on the candidates that were available to him last year in the head coaching carousel. I think he made the right decision on Fangio. All signs pointed to Mike Munchak being the guy. Like they – I was ready. I had articles written. We, I mean, we're ready to go, dude. Mike Munchak's yeah. the guy. And he waited for resolution for the Chicago Bears, who were still in the playoffs. Bears lost to, I think it was the Philadelphia Eagles. The next day, they flew out to Chicago, had their interview with, with Vic Fangio. And Vic Fangio just made all that consideration on Munchak and anyone else they were strongly looking at, including Chuck Pagano, go away. And what that tells me, Zach, is he was sincere, at least, when he said, look, when I hired uh, Vance Joseph, I went into it with preconceived notions. It backfired. I got to rethink it. I got to do it a different way. And I think that proved that he has changed and he has recognized the areas of his, you know, his his wheelhouse that needed change. He faced them. He tackled them. And it's it's starting to pay dividends for the team. I remember I literally had a Mike Munchak article written for him getting the Broncos job that I couldn't even use. So we both thought he'd be the favorite and Vic Fangio came in and he was the right choice. But after Peyton Manning left, it was like, what's going to happen when Brady leaves Belichick? It's going to put all the spotlight on Belichick to make the right decisions. And Elway didn't have Peyton to carry him and cover up those holes like you mentioned, Chad. It really put the magnification glass on his decision making. And for a while, considering his ego, considering the way he, he went with his instinct and the way he ran the team, it didn't work out. He's finally wised up the last couple of years, drafted smart, mostly signed pretty smart players in free agency, at least gave him a good shot. So uh, he, he's really turned the corner of the GM, and I think that's going to benefit the Broncos going forward. Black Knight jumps in, a $5 donation on Thank Super you. Chat. Black Knight, you should reach out to us, by the way, milehighhuddle at gmail.com. And give us your personal details so we can send you a little a little swag as a thank you. You've been a huge supporter of the show. Yeah. We appreciate you. He says, if Isaiah Simmons is there at 15 and a good, talented wide receiver is also there at 15, who do you go with? Also, <clears throat> do we cut Demarcus Walker uh, in the off? No. In the off year? No, on Walker, you, you 17, 18, 19. So he's going into his contract year. He's going to be on this roster and I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the breakout guys in, yes. in 2020 on the defensive side. But as for his question of Isaiah Simmons versus, let's just say, Jerry Judy at pick 15. Mm. Zach, I'm taking Isaiah Simmons all day long and moving on to the, my next task in life. Yeah, it comes down to the best corner versus the best wide receiver, and I'm going Simmons all day every day with that pick. It's a very deep wide receiver class, like you mentioned, Chad, so they can get a better guy in the, or a good guy in the second or third round. You're still getting a defensive player that's going to be a cornerstone guy that you desperately need. So if it came down to it, I'm definitely rolling with Simmons as well. Terry Randall jumps in, $5 donation Thank up you. in Canada. Again, Broncos country is a state of being. He says, out of the deep freeze, thanks for keeping me entertained and informed. <laughs> Between hockey games, what about one of the middle linebackers from Miami? You're talking about the draft? You're talking about the Dolphins? Let me let me circle back to that one, Terry. I'll come back to that. Let me put a pin in that. Donald has a question. I love you guys. I really do. But is there any way you guys can get Nick on the show? I assume you're talking about Nick Kendall. He's a cool dude. He graded my mock on Twitter. And he's also really smart when it comes to drafting. I learned a lot. You know what, Donald, asking you shall receive tomorrow. I'm meeting with Nick and Carl 
to uh, get them set up with how we stream and so they can start doing at least one of their Building the Broncos podcasts live. So Tuesday nights, I think, is what we've circled. That's a night Zach and I are off. You guys are going to get Nick and Carl doing a live podcast of Building the Broncos. So look forward to that. Not this week. It won't be tomorrow night, but could be as soon as starting as uh, next week. Stu jumps in. $10 donation. Our, our biggest supporter on Thank Super Chats. Stu, we love Always. you. He says, any chance we make another move down the draft for extra picks like last year? And if so, who? You never say never, Zach, but when you're going into a draft with 12 selections, you, you begin to get to a point where you can't reasonably project all 12 making your club. Right. right. When you got 12 guys, I mean, you might on, on the worst of years, you might have truly eight to 10 roster spots that are available for competition there to be taken. 12 is pushing it and you start stacking any more than that. And, you know, it's probably the type of deal where the Broncos, even if they stick with 12 in terms of entering the draft with 12, they don't trade in the first round. They don't trade in the second round. You get to, you know, the the dog days of the fifth round. I can see Elway packaging a seventh compensatory or not compensatory, but a seventh or a sixth round pick moving up. And so it doesn't end up being 12, but I really don't see them trading back in the first round this year, unless Elway has served up an offer that he can't refuse, similar to the one Pittsburgh gave him last year. Yeah, and also we have to remember the Broncos are so good at finding undrafted free agents every single year, so they don't even need to have any the most draft picks and hoard those draft picks. They'll just find guys that went undrafted, and they'll make the team as every year it happens. But yeah, this is the one year I see the Broncos actually moving up and being aggressive. I think Elway's feeling himself a little more, knowing he has that parachute of Drew Locke, that parachute of having a franchise quarterback, and he'll do whatever it takes if he wants to supplement that guy, whether it's a tackle or a wide receiver. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Aaron says, my panties couldn't be more wadded over the empower statements. I plan on overreacting to this. <laughs> hey, dude, listen, far be it from us to tell you, tell you, you know, how to live your life. That's not what we're trying to do. I'm just saying that. What are you going to do? Stadium, dude. It used to it just, a, a, what, two for two years, they didn't even have a sponsor. Then it was Sports <laughs> Authority, filed bankruptcy. Invesco Field lasted for quite a while. 
I'm just saying like, you know, don't, don't get too caught up over it, but to each their own, my brother, I, I get why that was irritating. Cause you know, it was eyebrow raising for both of us as well. Um, let's see here, Robert on YouTube. Should the Broncos go after a stud interior offensive lineman in free agency? The one guy that I don't think is getting talked about enough. I mean, everyone wants to talk about the Washington kid uh, from Iowa. What's his name? I just had the brain fart. Sheriff. Sheriff. Brandon Sheriff. Thank you. But Joe Thune, the interior player for from the New England Patriots, who's also hitting free agency, he's a guy I could see being a home run with Mike Munchak. So, yeah, that's definitely – and that's another need. You know, going back to the previous question in the stream that we addressed about offseason needs, we talked about corner, we talked about defensive line. Offensive line especially because you're going to part ways with Ronald Leary unless he's willing to take a massive pay cut. You're parting ways with him. So that opens up right guard. If Connor McGovern was still under contract, you talk to him or you consider moving him back to right guard and you go draft a center or you go with a Patrick Morris or whatever. But I don't think that, well, you know, you got, you got McGovern's a free agent. So you have yeah. to address that. Plus you got to fill the right guard issue. So I think Joe Thune, I, he's going to cost some money. And by the way, I don't know if it's Thune or Tooney. I might be, I might be mispronouncing that, but either way, T-H-U-N-E-Y. He's a guy I really like, Zach. Even if Leary comes back, which he's not going to, the Broncos still need depth that guard. As we see every single season, they, ha- they have to splurge at some point and build up the reserves in the cupboard behind the starters that they already have. So I believe it's a priority. I don't believe it's their main priority in free agency or the draft this year, but they have to stock up on a tackle and a guard at the minimum just to give them some insurance in case you know the, the worst strikes next year. I'm checking something here on spot track. I'll circle back to it here. I'd like to know like the free agent guards too. That would kind of dictate the the answer as well. Yeah. Let me pull it up here. Zach, you grab our next question. I'll pull it up. All right. We got a super chat here from Josh 499. Thank you, Josh. We appreciate you. He wants to know if the Raiders draft Judy or lamb at 12, we should take another position at 15. If not, we should take rugs at 15. So they can't get him at 19. Yeah. I mean, there's always that competitive, you know, chess game between division rivals, but I don't think the Broncos are going to dictate their draft board based on what the Raiders are doing. They haven't really drafted that well. The Raiders the last couple of years under John Gruden. So the Broncos are going to go in with their draft board. They're going to have their guys that they like. I think they're going to let the board fall to them, Chad. Yeah, absolutely. You know, John Elway, outside of the Paxton Lynch pick, you could argue Shane Ray, but Shane Ray was a guy that a lot of draft Knicks had graded as a top 10 caliber edge rusher who got into a little hot water right before the draft, and that caused him to fall. I can understand arguing Shane Ray, but outside of Paxton Lynch in my book, Elway's done a really good job in the first and second round and just staying disciplined and letting the draft come to him for the most part. So I I have a hard time seeing him react in that way to anything that a team, whether it's a division rival or not, does uh, before them. All right, Larry – Oh, you got Sorry, it. go ahead. I've got I've got this up when you're ready. Okay. Larry wants to know if Juwan James is still in a mental fog in the summer, could we release him? Um, I don't think it's likely. I think they want to see what he can do with one full season in the Broncos system with Mike Bunchak. Obviously, the mental uh, limitations there are concerning. That was his reputation in Miami, but the Broncos, I think, are committed to him financially, and obviously they need him to start a right tackle, so he's not going anywhere, Chad. Yeah, I just did the research on this. I'll pull it back up. The Denver Broncos it would be painful to part with Juwan James in 2020. Basically they would have $19 million in dead cap Mm. just for 2020. Yeah. So he's not going anywhere guys. Uh, Once you get past 2020, you start getting into the team option years and they, he would still come with a little bit of dead money, not a little 2021, 6 million dead. 
uh, and then 2022, 3 million dead, but still 6 million. You could live with that. If he truly does end up, if 2020 ends up being similar to 2019, you can't get him on the field, Zach, you live with the $6 million hit and you take off and go find someone else. But you got to get used to the idea. He's, he's going to be here in 2020, regardless of the fog he might be in or not. But I, I do think, you know, there's something to be said about the theory that, you know, he's, he's available in the, in the even years and injured in the, in the, um, odd years. Yeah, it could be. I'm going to 2020. Obviously we'll have to see if that theory holds, John. All right. Let, let me do a quick share screen guys. I don't know if you guys can, how well you can see this. So what I'm going to do here is I'm going to take Zach and I, our face completely out of this image. This is the top free agents, uh, at the interior. Mm. Well, it's all of offensive line is what I chose. But you can see here which guys are, are tackles, guards, centers. Anthony Costanzo is going to be an unrestricted free agent, a tackle. He's 32. He's probably not going anywhere. I'd be stunned if the Colts don't find a way to retain him. I'm looking here, Zach. Any? I don't know how well you can read that either. but I can make it out, most of it. Who would be an upgrade? Uh, I guard? We've talked about, obviously, Scherf, and we've talked about Tooney. I'm looking here at guard like – not a lot. <laughs> jumping out to me here. I'm, let me keep going. Let's see. I see Eric Flowers. I want nothing to do with him. You know, even with the Giants connection with Shermer. Not what a lot of Mike great Upati? Yeah, I was looking at that. He's past his prime now, but they're not going to, I don't think, uh, they're not going to break the bank on a guy. So as a as a flyer, you could do worse than him. Brandon Scherf is probably the best of the bunch, Chad. But you had Ronald Leary up there as among the best. So that should, that should tell you how uh, picked over the market's going to be. Quinton Spain is a guy I know Eric Trickle has brought up. Didn't have a great year in 2019 in Buffalo, but you don't know. He He's shown some upside in the past, and you don't know if a change of scenery could affect him in a positive way. So, you know, and that's one of the cool things about this is a resource is available to you guys. If you check out spottrack.com, um, they have a lot of good stuff as, as it relates salary cap and as it relates uh, free agents. So let's see what else we got here. You guys, we got time for a few more. Let's see. You got Josh. You got jumps back in $5 donation. Thank, Thank you, Xavier. If the 49ers win the Super Bowl. Do you think Elway will have some remorse in getting rid of Scangarello? Zach, my answer to that is an emphatic no. I don't see the connection there, Chad. I don't see why. Because he worked for them last year. That's Kyle Shanahan's operation. If they win the Super Bowl, it's because of Kyle Shanahan's game planning, Kyle Shanahan's coaching, and also Robert Salah on defense. Yeah, I mean, the problem is this. They like the upside and his his acumen as a developer of quarterbacks and a, a teacher, and they thought that his rubbing shoulders and being exposed to those philosophies and the X's and O's of Shanahan would be the miracle combination for Rich Gangarello being an OC, but he just coached not to lose, didn't take chances, didn't didn't um, roll with the punches in terms of making in-game adjustments. And bottom line is Vic Fangio didn't believe that he did the best job to maximize the talent that was on that side of the ball. And I don't think they're going to lose any sleep over that because, I mean, Rich Gangarello, again, he did a good job developing Nick Mullins did a good job helping to ascertain that Jimmy Garoppolo was worthy of giving up that pick to grab him from the Patriots. Outside of that, it's really hard to make any kind of argument in terms of what his impact was on the actual field for the Niners. 
if there's any remorse from the Niners winning this game, it's going to be the Broncos not hiring Kyle Shanahan. I mean, they I like the choice they went with Skanger. I like their thinking. Obviously, I talked it up throughout the offseason this past year, but uh, it didn't work out. And I don't think Fangio liked him personally or professionally. It just wasn't a marriage uh, that was well-matched for the Broncos. Jose Moya with a $2 donation. Thank you, Jose. Appreciate you, Jose. What is your dream first two draft picks this year? Hmm. Again, for me, I really covet on the defensive side, Isaiah Simmons, also Jeffrey Okuda, but I don't really see that being an option. So I'm going to say, well, that's the dream. You're saying what are the dream? That's the dream for me. Yeah. Now, you wouldn't be able to get them as your first two draft picks. In the second round, hmm, I may be going for, uh, what's his name, Clyde Hilaire. What's his name? Uh, the LSU running back. What's his name? First name. Hmm. Hold on, LSU back. I'm uh, tonight. My my recall with names is killing me. Hold on, Clyde Hilaire. What's his name? Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Thank you. Thanks, Google. So I wouldn't mind him in the second round. I know that seems a little rich grabbing a running back that early, knowing what you have in Philip Lindsay. But you need a, a three down back to complement Lindsay while Lindsay gets up to speed as a receiver <clears throat> to really maximize this Shermer offense. So I don't know. You'll have to circle back on that one as far as you're you're going round one and round two. But Javon Kinlaw at, at pick 15 is a more realistic guy that I really covet at 15. Yeah, I agree with you about the second round pick. In the first round, one offensive player is my dream pick. It would be Ruggs at wide receiver landing in the Broncos' lap at 15. My you know defensive player would be Simmons or Okuda, either or. If the Broncos get any of those three guys at 15, they did something really, really well. Paul jumps back in. We didn't grab this one while I was searching. $20 donation Thank on you, Super Chat, Paul. Man, you are awesome, brother. It's good to have you back in the saddle with us. Which, uh, Rich would want rugs. Pat would prefer Hamilton-type wide receiver more, in my opinion. Do you agree? Mm, I think it's actually the opposite, Paul. I'm mm. not I, – I think for for – well, I can see what you're saying there, but one of the reasons why Vic Fangio wanted Pat Shermer was – He's just a little bit more aggressive as a play caller as far as vertical. And for vertical, Hamilton's an underneath, get separation with his routes, find the soft spot in the zone. And even though that does favor both offenses from a slot perspective, from a number two perspective, you need rugs to fit that as opposed to Hamilton. Is that I could see the thinking because they signed two, you know, taller receivers in Cody Latimer, Benny Fowler, two, you would say possession guys, but they also signed Golden Tate last year in free agency, and he's more of a burner type receiver. So uh, Pat Shermer, regardless, likes having a lot of wideouts on the field. So with him in tow, wide receiver will be more prioritized this offseason, regardless of who they get or how they get them. All right, let's grab two more here, guys, and then we will get on out for tonight. Let me grab questions here. Here we go from Jordan. How do you guys see the AFC West shaping up for the next five years? Ooh, that's an interesting question. Considering the Kansas City Chiefs have now won the AFC West four years in a row. Broncos haven't beaten the Chiefs since week two of the 2015 season. But the Broncos are a team that are on the rise. They're a team on the come. What's your answer for Jordan? Well, first of all, I don't see the Raiders being too much of a threat the next couple of years. They're going to be a middling team for as long as John Gruden's, I think, coaching there. 7-9, 8-8 type team, maybe 9-7 one year. I think the Chargers are going into a rebuild, losing Phillip Rivers. They're going to kind of take a few years to get back into contention. If Drew Locke pans out, though, Chad, regardless of Mahomes and the Chiefs and what they're doing this year, if Drew Locke pans out, it's going to be the Broncos versus the Chiefs for the next 5, 7, 10 years, the battle for the AFC West. It's going to be fun to watch regardless of who wins or what happens. 
All right, let me grab one more here. Where'd he go? There it is. Miller 707 champ, consistent member of our community and listener of the show. If we trade down, I'm hoping it's for Trevon Diggs, the Alabama cornerback. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, if you trade down to like the back end of the first round and you could still get Trevon Diggs or early in the second round, that would be a massive coup. He's one of those guys too that I haven't met, I didn't mention tonight, but he's one of those corners. You know, you get past Okada. He's one of those corners that you have to consider. Now, there's going to be a lot of analysis on the corner class coming from our draft guys, Eric, Nick, Carl, uh, Lance. But Trevon Diggs is right there with Gladney. He's right there with Christian Fulton as first-round caliber, you know, middle of the first round to the back end of the first round. So if you could get him in a trade down, I think that would be a coup. I wouldn't mind it, but you have to remember Elway's aversion to Alabama players just in the draft. <laughs> I don't know what happens or why he does it, but he has some sort of uh, reaction to take an Alabama player. I wouldn't mind it, but I don't think it's 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 likely or realistic to think they're going to trade down this year. If anything, they're going to trade up, but I think ultimately they will stay put. Speaking of the boys, that was a really good show on uh, <laughs> on uh, was Amazon Prime. I don't know if you guys have checked that out, dude, but that that TV show gripped me about like superheroes gone wrong or you know an alternate universe of superheroes being like really terrible celebrities with superpowers anyway guys thank you so much for joining us tonight for the huddle up podcast live kind of a slow day for broncos news not a lot going on the senior bowl kicked off today everyone's converging on mobile alabama so it'll be fun to see what shakes out this week Unfortunately, we weren't able to get there for the Senior Bowl Mile High Huddle. Neither Zach or myself or anyone from Mile High Huddle, we usually try to get there, at least send one of our guys to the Senior Bowl. This year it wasn't in the cards, but we'll see what happens with the Combine. we got some things in the works, some things cooking that hopefully we'll be able to announce here very, uh, very soon. If you like what you see here, guys, if you're new to the show, if you're just checking this out on Facebook, if you're just checking this out on YouTube, if you like what you see, share the video. And then don't forget – to follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. Simply the best way for you to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And make sure you find my partner on Twitter. I guarantee you will not regret it. Zach Kelberman at Kelberman NFL, myself at Chad and Jensen. Big thanks to all of our super chat donors tonight. Thank you guys. Our superstars. We Always. love you. And to each one of you who dedicate, you know, give us 49 and 50 minutes of your time on a Monday evening to contribute to this conversation. We love it. It all plays a part, and we enjoy meeting up with you four times a week to talk Broncos, talk draft, talk football. It's It keeps us going. And I think, Chad, by our next pod, we might have some quarterback coach news. Maybe Shula's going to come through, and the Broncos make that official this week. So hopefully by our next pod, we have more news to share with you guys. We also have some other more podcast show-oriented news that we are hoping to unveil sometime this week. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back in the saddle. We're off tomorrow night. We'll be back in the saddle Wednesday, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, our podcast, if you're listening to this after the fact on the RSS feed on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or iHeart or whatever, you're going to have, you're listening to this on Tuesday, if that's the case. And then Wednesday morning, you'll wake up to a fresh episode of Building the Broncos. And Nick has already sent me the pod, and it looks like it's going to be a, a juicy one. So look forward to that. And then again, Zach and I will be back. Wednesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. Thanks again to everybody. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.
Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.